peace of our Lord be with you. As you may have noticed, when we caught up to King David in this morning's lesson from 2 Samuel, David was feeling a little guilty because he was living in a house that was nicer than God's. Here I am living in a house of cedar, says David, while the ark of God stays in a tent. After which the prophet Nathan told David that if he wanted to build a house for God, God would be all for it. Upon which God, who apparently had not yet been consulted, said, not so fast. In all these years of moving about in a tent, have I ever once indicated to anyone that I was interested in having a house? Reminiscent of an interview I heard on NPR several years ago, in which the pastor of a very large church in Dallas was being questioned about his congregation's expenditure of tens of millions of dollars on a new worship center, to which he replied, all the other big businesses in Dallas have big buildings. Don't you think Jesus deserves to have a palace in Dallas? One imagines that Jesus wants a palace in Dallas even less than God wants a temple in 2 Samuel. But God's lack of enthusiasm notwithstanding, David was determined for God to have a house as nice as David's. A house which eventually David's son Solomon would build about 950 years before the birth of Jesus. A temple which would be destroyed when the Babylonians overran Jerusalem in 587. After which a second temple was built on the same site around 520 BC which stood for the next 500 years until it was demolished around 20 years before the birth of Jesus to make way for a newer, nicer temple, which is the one about which we read in the New Testament, the one which had a wall of separation running through it to keep the Gentiles and the Jews apart in the house of God, a monument to those twin sins from which so many of us, myself included, have so long suffered, the twin sins of xenophobia, and onlyism. Xenophobia, 
fear of the other just because the other is different. And onlyism, only folk like us are fully and completely welcome. Everyone else must remain at the margins. Xenophobia and onlyism, propped up by walls of separation, which, according to this morning's lesson from the book of Ephesians, Jesus came to take down. The Ephesians passage is a difficult one, not least because in verse 15 it says that Christ came to abolish the law. But in Matthew 5.21, Jesus said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law. So for that reason and others, it is a very problematic text. But the point of the text, the point of the passage is clear. And that is that Jesus came into this world to live a walls-down, arms-out life. And He calls those of us who are His followers to do the same so that we can become what the last line of today's epistle passage calls a spiritual home for God, the kind of home where God can bring all of God's children and friends and know that they will be made to feel fully at home and welcome because no one is seen as a second-class citizen and all are welcome and welcome the same, which is the only kind of home where God can feel at home. Thinking about all of that this week took me back to a day 10 or 12 years ago when I went to preach my weekly Monday sermon at Stewpot, on that day in the Stewpot Chapel, our pianist was a Jewish friend from Beth Israel. Our song leader was a Pentecostal holiness from Sweet Honey in the Rock Baptist Church. It's the church I want to join. <laughs> the preacher was a really stiff, button-down kind of guy. <laughs> and the congregation was every shade of black and brown and tall and mauve and white and every 
brokenness you can name was in the room. We sang, we prayed, and we preached. And it was such a clear picture of the kingdom of God that when I got downstairs to my car, I couldn't even drive away until I wrote on the back of a piece of paper, God, today, today, I saw a clear glimpse of the real, sure enough, true kingdom of God. Not because I was in a really pretty, well-done place, but because I was in a place where all of your children, or at least a representative slice of all of your children, we're all completely and absolutely at home. Which, my sisters and brothers, is the only kind of home where God is at home. Whatever else we do not know about God, we at least know that much about God. The God who was most fully revealed in the Jesus who in conversation with the woman of Samaria when she said well Jesus you know your kind of people worship on this mountain and my kind of people worship on that mountain Jesus said, oh sister, let me tell you, the day is coming when you won't worship on your mountain and I won't worship on mine. The day is coming when all of us will just worship God in spirit and in truth. And remember what he said next? That day is coming, and what? And now is. That day is coming, and if you have the eyes to see it, and the spirit to embrace it, it is already here. Our lives becoming home where God feels at home. Amen. As we come to the close of this hour of worship,
invite you during the time of response to make important decisions for our Lord and our Lord's Church.
now go from this place to all of your other places, resting yourselves in the love of God, casting your cares upon the grace of God, and placing your lives in the hands of God, hands that will hold you and never let you go. Amen. Amen.